0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Surrender Podcast where we are going to continue our discussion on Psalm 23. But I want to take it a different out than what we took last week. So last week we kind of talked about what a shepherd does um, in kind of finding comfort in God and how David found comfort in difficult places when he was surrounded by Saul's armies or uh, in a cave or just not sure what to do. God always provided for me, gave him a safe place to, to rest. Um, this week I want to look at it in a different way. Um, it's a way I hadn't really thought about it, but it's also, it's a way that makes, makes sense. Um, so the way I was thinking about this the other day, I reread the psalm again, and I'll reread it again here in a second. But I kind of want you to think about, think about something that you're vested in, that you're really invested in, making sure is always good, that you're always willing to go back to, that you're going to pour everything you have into it. For me, right now, uh, things are a little chaotic because we're moving, and and so our we kind of have stuff a little bit every stuff everywhere, and and we're getting ready to move into another place for a couple of weeks before we move to Chicago for the two years, and then we'll move again after that, right? But I always know God's going to provide what we need in those times. So think about a place, something you're invested in, right? So for me, the podcast is something I'm invested in. Like, I love the podcast. My son, day camp at the Croc Center. I'm invested in these things. Youth group, uh, I was invested in that for... Up until I had to hand turn it over to somebody else, so somebody else could run it for a while, um, which is amazing because it's actually one of my youth students that's actually taking over the youth group to run it. Um, so it's amazing because God provides these things when we need them. So when we think about being invested, I'm going to reread the psalm here in a second, and I want you kind of listen for some key things, and we'll we'll talk about it for a second because. Man, does this get me fired up. So Psalm 23, David wrote it. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, let's just stop there because there's a couple, there's something in here that I don't think we really catch, right? So we, we, we all usually get the he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me by beside still waters you know he's providing what we need right he's providing nourishment and rest but he says he restores my soul just think about how impactful those that one little sentence really is that tells us how invested he is in having a relationship with us. Right, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. When he calls us to, when he gives us our calling, if we follow that calling, he's leading us down a path that's righteous. Our verse for our youth group was Psalm it's 119, 105, and it, it says that he lights our path before us, so we may not stumble. As long as we stay on his path, doesn't mean we're not gonna have hardships, but his that path is laid out. Our calling is laid out, and if you pursue those, he's leading us down that path of righteousness in his name. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now the last part of this is talking about where we find that it's really the comfort part of this, right? Because he's telling us that even though, David's telling us that even though, regardless of where we're at, even though we're in that deep, dark, nasty part, um, and for me that's been the last couple of months working, working through um, these last couple of memories, and therapy and, and working through my friend's suicide and right after that, working through my, my stepdad just beaten me to a point where I just I couldn't anymore David's at this point in his, in his life too where he's been pursued by Saul he's, he has armies around him he can't go back and hide out in Philistine with the Philistines because he's killed Goliath so they don't want him there he just killed their best warrior. Saul doesn't want him because Saul's afraid of him and thinks and accepts with killing him because he thinks David's just out for his throne. Um and there's so much going on. But God still provides these these moments of comfort, these moments of peace. He still provides everything we need in there, right? And when I think about this, and I think about how Invested God is in our lives. I really think about God making that ultimate choice to send Jesus down and pay for our sins and die on the cross for us. Now, as a father, I couldn't imagine that. Like, I, I just, I couldn't. As a dad, that would be, I feel like that would just be too much for me to do. Um, I couldn't do it, but Jesus is willing to do that, right? God is willing to send Jesus to die on the cross for us. In Jesus, and He says it in John's three sixteen, right? That for God so loved the world that He He sent His one and only Son for us, right? He sent Jesus to die on the cross that we, as long as we, that for those who believe Him won't die; they'll have eternal life. And that's always been Plan A for God. Plan A has always been Jesus is going to come down and redeem the world. But think about the investment that has to take. Think about the the, the the love for his creation that God has to have. Think about the times in your life, those really difficult times, where God has showed up and maybe in the smallest way. Maybe it's been in a big way, but think about those times, because he's always there to provide, right? And David had to learn this. So, in in the psalm, at the, at some point in David's life, he's surrounded by his soul's armies. He can't go back to, into Israel, he can't go to Philistine, and yet God still provides David with an army to go in. And take the throne like he was supposed to do. God provides that. And it wasn't an army of trained soldiers, it was an army of farmers. Yeah, God provided a way. God was invested in him. Because God had Samuel, the prophet at the time, go and anoint David as the as the future king. This is also the the point where the Bible tells us Jesus is going to be from the line of David. Think about the investment that God had to make in David. And David makes mistakes just like we do. But God still is invested in him cuz when David goes back and repent repents from those mistakes whether it's his affair with Bathsheba or sending his friend Uriah to the front lines and then pulling the armies back to cover up the affair or whatever it is God stays true to his word. God stays true to that investment in that in that, right? In in us. And when I read this, this psalm, and I've read it over and over and over in the last couple weeks, and especially in the last week as I get ready to preach on this, it gets me so fired up thinking that God loves us so much and wants a relationship with us so deeply that He sent Jesus down to die on the cross for us. And I don't know about you guys, but Ooh, that gets me fired up. Because if he loves us that much to pursue, that, and that was his plan A, and that he loves us that much to do that to pursue a relationship with us, shouldn't we be doing the same thing? Shouldn't we not be putting that much into our lives to pursue a relationship with him? When we're called to do something in his name, we shouldn't hesitate. And it's hard. But if he loves us so much that he's going to send Jesus to die for the cross for us. Ooh. I'm telling you guys. There is no reason we shouldn't be willing to take that step for him. We need to be willing to put down all of our fears. David did it. David did it when he was sitting in the cave surrounded by Saul's armies. David did it when he had to go back into in and become the king of Judah and David still was merciful on Saul David reunited the kingdom of Israel and made it one nation and moved the capital to Jerusalem Right, but throughout David's life even when he was pursued God put people in a place to help he, when Saul tried to trip him up with his daughters, David didn't trip up because he knew what God wanted. When Saul was chasing him all around and he couldn't go into Philistine and hide, he found a place to hide. I just think that if he's willing to go that far for us, And he's willing to forgive us and give us chance after chance after chance after chance. And forgive us and send Jesus down to forgive our sins if we truly accept him into our hearts. It's really not that inconvenient for us to... And it should be a joy for us to answer his calling when we're finally called. And, and the calling doesn't mean it's going to happen right away, right? Just because you know what you're calling is does not mean it's going to happen right away. It may take time. I mean, it took Jesus 30 years to get his ministry prepared before he could go do it. And then he only did it for three years. So when I read this psalm, I get a lot out of it. Because he tells us that, at the end he even tells us, You anoint my head with oils. Well, that was what Samuel did to David. When he anointed him the future king, was he anointed him with oil? David talks about the goodness and mercy that God shows him. Even when he's stuck in a cave surrounded by an army, God still provides a table for him to eat at. It's amazing that we can take advantage of the freedoms that God gives us. The gifts that God gives us. The choices God gives us. We don't have to follow the calling when God gives it to us. We have that choice. My argument against not taking it is if God loves us so much That he's willing to give up his only son for the entire world and all of humanity. And during Jesus' life, Jesus was willing to meet with prostitutes and heal lepers and talk to tax collectors and, and people that, according to the Pharisee, were unsavable. then why aren't we as a church showing that same kind of love and mercy to the rest of the world? Why does the world see the church as hypocritical and judgmental? Why aren't we out there helping people? Why isn't the church taking the front, on the front line of helping to heal Issues like social justice that we talked about with Kevin. Why aren't we on the front lines helping people heal from whatever it is, whether it's a mental illness, whether they're homeless, whether what are, whether what are, they're hungry, what is the church doing? What is your church what is your community doing to help heal? Cause really that's what the church is, right? It's a giant community. And it gets me so fired up. And it, it sets. It gets me so fired up to think of the. the All the times God's shown me mercy. Or he's provided me comfort. In fact I, I'll tell you guys a story right here. Um, when I was 16. This is kind of the, the moment where I decided it was time to leave. And I, I'm sure I've told this before. But um, my stepdad had beat me so. So bad. That. I was okay with dying. And I came to a realization after after going through therapy for this. That I was at a point in my life where it was either. I really only had a couple options. It was either die or get out. And death could have happened one of two ways. I could have waited for him to get angry again and he wouldn't have been able to stop. I could have taken my own life. And those two options weren't, they weren't acceptable to me. And when I look at it now, that is God reacting to me in the same way he did to David when David was a cave, when David says that, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're rotting your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in your presence. Right? You make me lie down in green pastures. You restore my soul. You anoint my head with oils. My cup overflows. There are moments, and they might seem small or minuscule to us, but there are moments in our lives where God shows up in a way that we don't see right away, and sometimes we need to go back and reflect on it. And the one thing I've had to do with this therapy is go back and reflect on past experiences and traumatic experiences and pivotal experiences in my life, especially these last two. When I go back and I think about these things and I I really make myself think about the memory, I can see points throughout that memory where God has shown up. Just like David tells us throughout this thing There are points When David's being pursued by Saul In Saul's armies And he's hiding in caves and he's being chased around And he can't go back to Philistine and hide Because well, kill Goliath There are points where God Showed up for David and provided him Comfort and peace and rest and safety And he does that for all of us when we get to those those Places and the fact that we can look at Jesus on the cross and see that in a physical form that all for that 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 is so debated and talked about but let's be honest if you're a believer in Christ it's not so much the, the crucifixion part that's the hard part for us to accept as believers, it's the resurrection that we that's where our faith lies is Jesus being resurrected from the grave. But if we're true believers in Christ and we truly follow Christ and we truly are listening to what God is telling us through the Bible and what God shows us through Christ's life and through Paul's life, then we need to sit down and ask ourselves, Why is the church being being called hypocritical, judgmental. Why is the church not showing that same grace and mercy? Or why isn't the world seeing the church show that same grace and mercy that God shows to us all the time for true believers? And we know it. And that's my challenge for you guys today. Is think about, look back out of memory. Start with something easy. But look back on memories and see where God has shown up for you. And then ask yourself, have you shown that same kind of grace and mercy? That same kind of love? Have you been the comfort for somebody? Have you been a place for rest for somebody? Even if it's just a listening ear. Or giving somebody a pat on the back. Or a hug. Or whatever. What are we doing as a church and as a community to help heal everybody else? So I'm going to pray us out here real quick. If you have any prayer requests, if you have any any comments, or you need anything, you can either you can always email me at uh, surrender to Jesus podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook. Father God, thank you for an un- amazing psalm with so much to unpack in it thank you for your pursuit of us and the grace and mercy you show us in all the places you show up in our lives where you've given us comfort and rest and peace i should ask that for anybody listening to this that needs to hear this that you've given the same comfort rest and peace you've given me that you help us become healers of the world and that you help us show us how to show the same grace and mercy you showed to David when he was in the cave surrounded by Saul's armies. In your name, amen.